Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth with you. And joining us now to preview Major League Baseball's postseason is Sean Zarillo of the Payoff Pitch Podcast. Sean, thanks so much for joining us. If there is one dark horse, and we'll qualify a dark horse as someone who does have to play in the wild card round. If there is a dark horse to win the World Series, who is it? Yeah, it'd probably be the same team as last year, the Philadelphia Phillies. I sort of make the Braves, the Phillies, and the Dodgers the three best teams in baseball. And I think he gets hidden by the fact that the Phillies were forced to play behind the Braves in the NL East and that the NL East was so difficult. And I know the AL East was a very difficult division as well. Uh, and Houston had to rally to win their own. And Houston has been to every, you know, ALCS for the past four years or whatever. But I still would rank the Phillies essentially uh, as, you know, a, a small favorite on a neutral field over the Astros in a World Series. Uh, I think this team is much better than the team that they sent to the World Series last year. I think they have different ways to play than how they played it last year. You know, they, they can play a better defensive outfield across with Rojas, Pache, and Marsh. Uh, I think you'll see Pache in there today potentially in place of Marsh against the left-handed starter. Um, you know, their, their bullpen is so much deeper Obviously, adding Trey Turner brings another start to the lineup, but even Bryce Harper wasn't fully healthy necessarily come playoff time last year. So, yeah, I think the Phillies team that they have this year coming into the playoffs is much better than the team that they had coming in last year. Of course, the Braves did win the World Series without Ronald Acuna Jr., you know, and Ozzy Albies essentially on their playoff roster, and they still won it, and now they have them. But the Braves do have serious pitching concerns and question marks heading into the playoffs this year. And the one quirk, the one schedule quirk, that really helps the Phillies. If they can sweep the Marlins, the NL teams and the NLDS have an extra day of rest built in. And there's a chance if, I mean, provided no rain, but if, if the NL teams sweep their wild card round in two games, you can line up your number one and number two starters on full rest in four of the five games in a divisional series. So Spencer Strider, the one guy who's not a question mark for the Braves of Max Free dealing with blister, Bryce Elder, a guy I bet against all year. Charlie Morton won't be available. If the Phillies have Nolan Wheeler four times out of five games in a series against the Braves, they're going to be just as dangerous, if not more dangerous, than they were against Atlanta last year. Which team on by is most likely to lose in the divisional round? Yeah, I think most people would point towards the Baltimore Orioles. Like, they, you know, they seem to be a week one seed on paper, right? I handicap the Orioles a little bit higher just because of how I view Grayson Rodriguez. The pitch modeling metrics for Grayson in the second half essentially had him as the best pitcher in the American League. He was at like a 2.6 pitching bot ERA. And Grayson Rodriguez, Bobby Miller, that is where my Cy Young tickets for 2024 start. Uh, I would make Grayson Rodriguez basically, if he's starting game two, I'm assuming Bradish is going to go game one. He sort of earned that number one starter role for them. If Grayson is going in game two, whether he's facing Zach Eflin, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure who the other matchup I would have had him against, but I basically make him like a 60% favorite at home in all those matchups. So he's the most significant advantage to me for Baltimore. Houston, obviously you can't count them out any year, but I do like the Minnesota Twins as my long shot in the American League. And I think at eight to one, the Twins are a decent value bet to win the American League. When you think about how teams are going to consolidate their pitching for the playoffs, which is always something that happens, right? It's not just straight up pitching your starter and then moving to your bullpen. The Twins have so many guys, Chris Paddock, uh, Kenta Maeda, 
who they've basically been moving to their bullpen slowly. Paddock was rehabbing, but Maeda, we've seen in a fireman role in the past for the Dodgers, be extremely effective come playoff time. On top of guys like Brock Stewart, who they got back, Louis Varland, all these guys who can hit upper 90s, I think the Twins are absolutely loaded in the bullpen potentially. Royce Lewis is DHing seemingly and on their playoff roster for the first round. We'll see if they get Buxton back later in the playoffs. But I actually don't mind the Twins. And I know the Astros make the ALCS every year, but I actually think with the back end of their rotation uh, or Quiddy, you know, basically having a step into that four-starter role, Framber Valdez's numbers have taken a step back this year. Christian Javier had a rough season. He actually got better at the end of the year, so I'm a bit higher on Javier than I may be on Valdez. But, yeah, I think the Astros have some concerns. Uh, and I think the Twins are just sort of an underrated team heading into the playoffs. So I'm going to pick Minnesota to upset Houston in round two. Mm, nice. I like it. I was looking at my futures and I totally forgot about this. I tailed you Braves to win the NL back in March. So I'll be riding with you. I got four to one. I think you got a better number, but thank you for that. Looking forward to that. Now, Jordan Montgomery for the Rangers on the mound versus Glass. Now, what do you like in this matchup today? Yeah, I really had a difficult time finding any bets for this uh this series, uh, you know, either for game one or just for the series price, everything's sort of aligned with where I would expect it. I would caution people against betting the over on Tyler Glasnow's strikeout total. In fact, one book offers a market where you could bet on the daily strikeout leader, and Glasnow's a pretty heavy favorite. I would look to take shots against it because the Rays' bullpen is fully rested. They have the number one bullpen in the second half. Their season-long metrics sort of put the mid-table, but just taking the sample over the second half, the Rays had like not only the best expected metrics, but the best underlying pitch modeling metrics too. So Kevin Cash, always aggressive with his bullpen in the playoffs, always seems to pull starters out before you're expecting him to. If anything, I'd go the under on Glasgow's, you know, strikeout total, seven and a half strikeouts, just because I think he may get the hook the moment he gets in trouble with them having a fully rested bullpen. Uh, the one player prop that I did bet in that game is Yandy Diaz over one and a half total bases. I projected that closer to 1.9. He's faced Jordan Montgomery 21 times. He's never failed to put the ball, or he's never struck out. He's put the ball in play 16 times. He's walked five times. Uh, he seems like he's due for a big hit against Montgomery. He basically succeeds against fastballs and curveballs, which is what Montgomery is going to throw to him, you know, three quarters of the time. He hits lefties about 20 points better than he hits righties. He's going to hit probably in the leadoff spot today. So Yanni Diaz to get on base, to get hits, to score a run. Some fashion, I like Yanni Diaz props today. And I think Junior Caminero is the breakout star to watch too. 20 years old, probably going to be hitting second behind Diaz in the lineup. I just bet him small at minus 165 to get a hit, you know, just for fun. Wanted to have some action on Junior. But this kid is a, a future superstar. Uh, basically have like 1,000 OPS across three minor league levels this season with 30 home runs. And for a teenage minor leaguer, getting to the major leagues, they usually make the Hall of Fame about 50% of the time. So it speaks to the level of talent when you make the majors this young, when you're hitting second on a playoff roster this young. I think Junior Caminero is going to be an absolute star. And uh, I think he could be the breakout star of the playoffs, potentially. I cannot think of an example where Kevin Cash pulled a starter in a high-profile situation earlier than some would have liked. Maybe this has happened and it's just escaped me, but I can't think of a time uh, when Kevin Cash has done that. So uh, there you go. Uh, kidding, of course, 21. Uh, 
when we talk about the Blue Jays twin series, you feel like the twins offer some value as far as uh, going deep in the postseason. But as far as this game between uh, Gossman and Lopez, what's a bet you like there? Yeah, I like the twins in game one. I like the twins to win the series. Uh, you know, there's a big difference in disagreement between my projection and Fangraph's projection for the series. They have the Jays essentially 10% more likely to win today to win the series across all of the books. This one has really bounced around. I saw the twins get the even money. They've sort of leveled out closer to minus 115 to minus 120. I would bet their series price up to about minus 125, projected it closer to minus 135. And then their game one price, you know, you could bet a pretty similar level. So you don't want to have too much invested, right, across their game one line, across their series price, because you're essentially just betting into the same thing and at a similar disagreement in terms of how I value these pitchers. But as I said, the way the Twins can consolidate their bullpen for the playoffs the way I project out Pablo Lopez and Kevin Gallison, Gallison a workhorse, right? You see the, the wins above replacement leaderboard. He's always at the top. But on a per-inning basis, Pablo Lopez is the more effective pitcher. And I think that gets lost a little bit, you know, thinking about how to project out a playoff game. On a per-inning basis, I think Lopez is just the better guy, you know. And then you figure out the bullpen behind them. I basically make these two bullpens equal. Uh, Toronto has the better defensive team. But Minnesota has the better offensive splits, and they've had that throughout the year no matter how you chop up the season, especially against right-handed pitching. If the Jays deploy Yusei Kikuchi, Hyunjin Ryu, if they get their lefties mixed in a little bit more, I think they can make this series a little bit more competitive because the Twins have struggled with lefties throughout the year. But if they're going to throw out three right-handed starters, if they're planning to go Gaussman, Barrios, and uh, Chris Bassett, I think that definitely favors the Twins. So the Twins today, as I said, up to about minus 125 uh, for the first five innings, minus 115 for the full game. And then for the series, I like them up to minus 125 as well. And for the the AL, I should say also at plus 800. I mentioned earlier. Sean, how has the uh, the Woodruff news impacted your thoughts on Arizona-Milwaukee, if at all? Yeah, you know, I, I had some colleagues yesterday betting uh, Milwaukee to win game one and Arizona win the series just because they thought, you know, Brandon Fox on game one uh, probably didn't value him as highly as I do. I bet Arizona to win game one. Uh, I like that down to about plus 155. I think Fox was awesome. Not awesome, but he was, he was very effective. He was, you know, basically a 4.05 expected ERA type pitcher the third time he got brought up to the big leagues over like a 12 start sample at the end of the year, strikeout minus walk rate was well above average. So I think Arizona can give Milwaukee a game today. I also like the under today. These are two of the best defensive teams in baseball. Uh, Burns and Fox strike out a lot of guys. So tend to lean to the under now that it got up to eight. This was the only one that moved from seven and a half to eight. But yeah, basically I moved my projection down to the series about 4%. Uh, Milwaukee from 63% to 59%. And the betting market basically moved about 4% too. So there was no edge for me on the series price, just an edge on Arizona's game one price and the under. And I like both guys to get strikeouts today too, the over on both pitchers strikeout total. So a bunch of ways to play that. The last thing I'll mention too on this game, and Burns in particular, the way uh, Milwaukee struggles to hold runners. None of their catchers are good at throwing out runners. Uh, and Burns also has a below average stolen base cost stealing rate throughout his career. So uh, Corbin Carroll to get a steal today, plus 215. And Anthony DeBundo, my colleague, also bet Arizona over one and a half team steals at plus 145. I think that's a fun bet, too. Nice. What other bets do you like for today, props-wise, that you haven't mentioned yet? 
Yeah, size it's just Arizona and Minnesota and the, the Arizona under. Uh, strikeout total overs, graded five. Corbin Burns, Pablo Lopez, you know, you always got to be careful with those in playoffs because you never know when the hook is going to come from the manager. But based on how I project the unders in those games, where I set the to- strikeout totals for those guys, I do like those three overs. Uh, Junior Cameron Arrow to get a hit. I mentioned Yandy Diaz over the one and a half total bases, probably my favorite prop of the bunch. And then Corbin Carroll to get a steal, finding Diamondbacks to get a steal in some fashion. You know, Arizona this year ranks amongst the playoff teams. They're the 11th best offense, the 11th best pitching staff, but they're the only team who finished in the top 10 for base running value and defensive value. And that's what got them to the playoffs the whole year was being aggressive on the base pass. So if they get anybody on base against Burns today, I would expect them to have the green light and to try to be very aggressive getting guys in the scoring position. Because over the final month, Corbin Burns was the best pitcher on the planet. 146 plus, highest pitching plus rating in baseball. It may be tough to get guys on against Burns, but if they do get base runners, I'd expect them to be aggressive. So Arizona should be uh, looking to steal bases pretty aggressively in this series. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because stolen bases for uh, some of the key Diamondbacks hitters, you know, that's something that that I'm certainly eyeballing and we'll sort of figure that out uh, prior to first pitch. Uh, when it comes to, uh, say, the wild card round props market, most home runs in the wild card round hits, RBI, things like that. Is that anything, uh, is, or is, is there anything that kind of stands out to you? Because I feel like that the overall process should be to figure out which player is coming from a ball club that will play the full three games in that series. Right. Yeah. You know, not something I've actually looked at, but that would be the process approach, right? Find the games that you think will have the highest totals and which series do you think is ultimately going to go three games? Uh, I sort of think the Marlins, you know, if they're going to upset the Phillies, I do like the Phillies on the series line, by the way, for their series up to minus 185. But if the Marlins are going to pull the upset, they're going to need to hit a bunch of bombs. It's going to have to be Jorge, Jorge Soler and Jake Berger and Brian De La Cruz and maybe Jazz going deep, you know, five times over three games and pulling that upset. It doesn't seem like the wind is necessarily going to be super favoring to home runs at Citizens Bank Park, but of the four parks they're playing at, Tampa's indoors, Milwaukee's indoors, Minnesota, not the best time of year to be playing there, and also the wind didn't seem like it's nearly as good as what might offer in Philly. So, I would actually maybe look to the Marlins guys who you're guaranteed to bat nine times every game. If the Phillies are, you know, for nine innings, every game, if the Phillies win, they won't get that bottom of the ninth inning. So the road players in the Marlins series, maybe they force the game three and, you know, they're going to be looking to hit home runs because that's how they need to win it. So guy like Jake Berger or his Soler, as I said, De La Cruz, those, those might be the guys I would think about first. Very good. Very good. Sean Zarello, thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next are lightning bets and a special baseball edition of the two-minute drill. That's right here on the BetQL Network.